0: Hello, Happy New Year, and welcome to Glens Falls Today Morning Brief. Our top story today, a new no-wrong-turn policy introduced among various local community support agencies. I'm Gary Scott, and today is Monday, January 2nd, 2023. I hope your new year is off to a good start. Other stories in our Morning Brief today, the retirement of the Executive Director for the Feeder Canal Alliance, a local law regarding the Warrensburg Town Board, which failed to pass, a local beneficiary selected for the Bloomin' for Good program, and a look at the big events planned for this year's Lake George Winter Carnival. But first, before we get into our stories, I want to let you know that if you're looking for a place to advertise your local business, Glens Falls today could be the perfect solution. Our goal is to provide free and convenient access to important local news, but more importantly, we want to support and represent our community. And what better way to do that than by helping to spread the word about the great local businesses in the Greater Glens Falls area. For example, I'd like to say a quick thank you to one of our community partners, one 800 Job, Professional painters and pressure washers providing high quality paint jobs and close client relationships to bring great ideas to life for over 30 years. And if you own a business in the area as well, you could advertise with us on our website or even right here with me on The Morning Brief. For more information, head over to our website at glensfallstoday.com, and thank you for making Glens Falls Today your source for free local news. Last week, the Feeder Canal Alliance announced the retirement of its executive director, Jean Williams, who is part of the organization for over 16 years. According to the Post star, Patty Simone of Lake Luzerne will succeed her in the role. A news release from the Alliance said that Williams worked to expand access and usage of state canals and canalway trails, especially the Feeder Canal Towpath Trail. The release said, quote, Gene's accomplishments include the preservation of the historic coal silos in Hudson Falls and their transformation into a field school and environmental lab for programming, work with the Champlain Canal Working Group, which resulted in the connection of the Feeder Canal Trail with the Empire State Trail, gaining recognition of the Feeder Canal Trail as a national recreational trail by the Department of the Interior and National Park Service, and successfully managing the growth of the organization. And in 2021, Williams was awarded the Trail Tender Award by New York State Canal Corporation to recognize her efforts. The release describes Simone, the new executive director, as quote, a historic preservation enthusiast whose career spans banking, marketing, freelance writing, and video reporting, corporate communications, and serial entrepreneurship. Simone has been a featured business success expert on WCBS News Radio's Wall Street Journal and Opening Bell Report, as well as on MSNBC, ABC, and Fox 5 TV. The Feeder Canal Alliance is a nonprofit organization formed in 1987 which works to preserve, promote, and protect the historic Glens Falls Feeder Canal and Towpath Trail, the last remaining original canal in New York State. A proposed local law that would allow Joyce Reed to serve simultaneously as a Warrensburg town board member and as town water and sewer collection clerk failed to pass at a tie vote by the board following a public hearing last Wednesday. According to Sun Community News, Reed has held the collection clerk's position since 2019, and in November she was elected to fill the remaining year of former town board member Donlin Winslow's unexpired term in office. Reed had previously served on the town board until mid-2017 when she resigned to work in the town clerk's office. She was formally appointed to the water and sewer clerk post in 2019, taking over the water and sewer collections that were formerly conducted by the town clerk's office personnel. The proposed law, which would specifically allow a Warrensburg sewer and water clerk to also serve on the town board, was introduced by town supervisor Kevin Garrity at the town's meeting on December 14th, which prompted emails questioning the procedure of how it was introduced. Garrity said at the hearing that he wasn't aware serving in such dual positions would be counter to state law until town attorney Roger Hafner notified him on November 21st that serving in both posts was incompatible. Garrity then said in early December Reed delivered sections of state law to him which disputed Hefner's interpretations of the legislation. Garrity said he then forwarded Reed's information to Hefner but he did not receive a reply until December 13th, the day before the board's monthly meeting. In his response, Hefner proposed a local law that would allow one person to serve as water and sewer collections clerk and as a town board member, on the grounds that no other qualified candidates were available to fill the collections post. Some residents expressed opposition to the law, citing reasons that a town law shouldn't be enacted to benefit one person, and that the assertion in the proposed law that there were no other available qualified applicants wasn't true. Former Town Board member Linda Marcella offered her thoughts on the matter, noting that the 2020 U.S. Census indicated there were 610 people in the town working in management, office, and administrative support positions that were likely qualified to work in the Collections Post. She said efforts should have been made to find someone qualified who is interested in taking on the job, and this point was echoed by current Town Board member Brian Rounds. Garrity responded by saying that the law would be effective for only one year, but one resident said such a stipulation was not specified in the proposed law. Garrity then added that the law could be amended or rescinded at any time by the town board. The Sun reports Joyce Reed said she understood state law to mean that people serving in two elected positions at once were subject to the state's preclusions, but not the two roles in which she would be serving as one was elected and the other was appointed. Town board member Rich Larkin said that procedural missteps had occurred in proposing the law, including the lack of adequate notice to board members and the public, and that the proposal wasn't listed on the agenda for the December 28th meeting, or posted on the town's website. Reed is scheduled to be sworn in at the town's annual organizational meeting, which is set for 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. Now before we get into our next story, I want to remind you again that you could advertise your business with us at glensfallstoday.com, or right here on The Morning Brief. As our business continues to grow and develop, we hope to help other local businesses do the same. We want to help you spread the word about the great services that you have to offer our community. For more information, visit our website at glensfallstoday.com. Multiple local agencies have established what is known as a no-wrong-turn policy to assist homeless or low-income members of the community. According to the Post Star, homelessness in the region is increasing, and many who do have housing are struggling to pay for heating with the increased cost of fuel. There has also been an increase in cases of disadvantaged individuals struggling to find employment opportunities due to limited transportation, childcare shortages, mental health and substance abuse issues, among other factors. Tammy DeLorme, Commissioner of Department of Social Services for Washington County, said that before the pandemic, social services caseloads were at relatively low levels, historically speaking, but now caseloads have dramatically increased, and DeLorme said the needs had become more dire. Major Leo Lloyd, leader of the Glens Falls Salvation Army, said that the numbers of local residents living paycheck to paycheck is also increasing. Prior to the pandemic, 40% of area residents were considered working poor based on a statistic Tri-County United Way uses to determine the number of those living at or just above the poverty level. Now, Major Lloyd says that statistic is well over 50% and approaching 60%. With inflation driving up the cost of groceries, more and more people are turning to County Departments of Social Services and Charitable Organizations for Food. Both Warren and Washington County's Departments of Social Services have reported an increase in applications for the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program over the last year. The Salvation Army of Glens Falls had 1,700 new families seek assistance from its food pantry during the fiscal year that ended on September 30th compared to the previous fiscal year. Warren County also reported 285 new applicants for the Home Energy Assistance Program this year, a 143% increase in total applicants, while Washington County reported 330 new HEAP applicants, a 59% increase. As of December 22nd, Warren County had placed 111 individuals in emergency housing this season at the Open Door Mission in Glens Falls, compared to 60 individuals over the same period last year, according to Christina Mastriani, Deputy Social Services Commissioner for Warren County. The Open Door Mission is the major provider, but not the only provider of emergency housing for the county. Washington County had 149 emergency housing cases in November 2022, up from 90 cases in November 2021. Officials have also said that Warren and Washington counties are both seeing an increase in not only individuals, but families becoming homeless. And there has also been an increase in homeless youths. Wade House is another Glens Falls shelter which operates for youths ages 24 and younger. Jason McLaughlin, executive director of Wade House, said, quote, "...we've been full throughout the year and we're turning away about two people per day." The no-wrong-turn policy established by these agencies in response to this crisis means that if one agency is unable to provide services, its staff members will contact other agencies to find out who might be able to assist, instead of simply turning the person away to search for other services themselves. The Warren Washington Association for Mental Health has been selected as a beneficiary of the 2023 Bloomin' for Good program which News 10 reports is an initiative that cooperates with grocery store chains to give to community organizations through the sale of fresh flowers. This initiative will appear in the form of bouquets for sale at the Hudson Falls Hannaford location. These special bouquets are marked with red circle stickers on their wrapping, and for each one sold, Hannaford will donate $1 to the WWAMH to fund the Urban Community Garden that operates at the Eastside Center in Glens Falls. The garden serves over 100 WWAMH clients each month, Some of those clients are residents of the Eastside Center or of the organization's housing buildings on Maple Street and Cooper Street. The garden grows some flowers, but most importantly serves as a source for fresh produce for those who are helped by the center's mental health and housing work. The food is also available to staff, and any leftover surplus goes to the open-door mission. And finally, the 61st Lake George Winter Carnival is set to kick off the weekend of February 4th and 5th, and some new features have been added to enhance the experience. The Post Star reports carnival goers will be offered a wide range of activities to take part in on opening weekend, including the well known chili cook off, make your own snow tide dyed t shirts, and the popular outhouse races. A new addition to the festival will be a visit from the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile, a 27 foot long hot dog shaped bus that made a stop in Lake George over the summer and will now be returning for those who missed it. There will also be a different themed cook-off every weekend, starting with chili on February 4th, and another attraction that grabs a lot of attention at the carnival are the helicopter rides that take off on the Icedover lake. As for some of the annual traditions, there will be a parade at 4pm on opening night, followed by fireworks at 7pm, and the all-day bonfire will take place Sunday on Shepherd Beach. Nancy Nichols, the festival's co-chair, and Gina Mincer, executive director of the Lake George Regional Chamber of Commerce, both spoke about how the carnival works to keep Lake George buzzing during its typical off-season. Nichols said that life is brought back to the area with the carnival and attracts many people from across the Adirondacks. Mincer said the carnival began in 1961 as a way to not only bring people to the area during the cold months, but also as a chance for Lake George to show off all it has to offer. And that is all I've got from The Morning Brief today. Again, I'm Gary Scott for Glens Falls Today, and as always, thank you for listening. Our goal for The Morning Brief is to provide you with quick and convenient access to the most important news around the greater Glens Falls area, so if you love the show, you can support us by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, and recommending us to a friend. Thanks again for tuning in, and Happy New Year once again. I wish a great 2023 to you all. I'll be back tomorrow morning with more local news you need to know. I'm Gary Scott, and this is Glens Falls Today Morning Brief.